0: A bit like the calorie stuff with food, it's about having a balanced travel diet. Um, And I think until people can understand the impact, they can't make those informed choices.
1: Hello and welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast. It is your average consumer, Andrea Fox, here. How are you? This is the environmental podcast going, hang on a second, is that really bad for the planet? Oops. And asking what we can all do about it. Today, are you going anywhere nice on your holidays? I sound like a hairdresser, don't I? That's what they always ask. We are talking travel today. Now, maybe you have booked somewhere. Maybe the environment and the planet was not even on your radar when you thought about your environmental impact of your holiday. How do you even begin to quantify that? Well, today I am talking to the travel firm who have come up with the industry-first carbon rating scale. Speaking to me is Managing Director of Explore Worldwide, Michael Edwards. We go into how this carbon rating scale for your trip works, what they can't include yet, what they do include, how many people are thinking about their environmental impact when travelling, the most environmentally friendly holiday we can have, and how we can all travel with a light touch. Here's Michael Edwards from Explore Worldwide. Tell us about how Explore Worldwide have calculated this new industry-first carbon rating scale. Yeah,
0: so I I guess the first thing to say, it was prompted by the fact, as we're all aware, we're in a climate emergency. As a company that sends thousands of people on holidays, hopefully in a fairly sustainable way, we felt we had to do more. Um, And the way to do that was to measure the impact of all of our trips. Huge undertaking. We've worked with a company called E-collective who are recognized leaders in this space because we want it to be um, rigorous and the data to be accurate. So what we've done is taken every component of our trips from the accommodation to the restaurants we eat in, the transport that we take, every single thing that uh, uh, emits any kind of carbon, And we've created an aggregate score. So every single one of our trips now has a carbon measurement score, I guess, similarly to the way that food labelling has a calorie score. Um, I think it's the biggest undertaking by a travel operator of this size. Uh, And our hope is it becomes the industry norm. Um, And the reason being, we we want transparency. We can't bring that carbon emissions down until we understood exactly what we are emitting and similarly we want customers to have that transparency so a they understand the impact but not to not travel but just to make better choices about how they travel how frequently where and the style of travel
1: yeah it's one of those things isn't it the most sustainable thing would be to never do anything and absolutely yeah and that's just not really possible um, so it's how we do things the most sustainable way, and this has been a massive undertaking because you've had you have over about 500 trips, if I'm right. So this is thousands of people that you work with that you've had to gather all this data from.
0: Absolutely, so 500 plus trips across seven continents. I think about 10,000 data points. About we calculate about 400 people hours in terms of pulling oh. the data together. Fairly manual exercise, um, very labour intensive quite an expensive exercise but one we felt we had to undertake over 2000 properties um it, the list goes on and on so it's been as i said huge undertaking but we think and we hope it will become the industry norm over time
1: yeah and what what Are you hoping people do with the carbon rating scale? Is there a way they can offset things? Has it been the hope that it might make all of those people that you've been working with think about reducing their carbon emissions?
0: I think there's two key things. One for us, we have a target to reduce our emissions 50% by 2030, which on on a holiday is a a lot to reduce by. Um, We can't start to do that until we understood exactly what the emissions score was. The second one is we don't want people not to travel. It's one of the greatest things you can do in life. The joy of travel, I hope all of you know, future generations get the same opportunities to travel that I did. Plus, it's, a, it's an amazing force for good in, to, in the communities in which you travel in terms of economy, GDP, jobs, etc. So we want travel to continue, but we want people to make more informed choices. And that doesn't mean not traveling, but it means you might take a long haul trip less frequently, maybe once a year, once every two years. And you might balance that out with walking holidays closer to home or, you know, cycling trips in Tuscany or wherever. It's about a bit like the calorie stuff with food. It's about having a balanced travel diet. Um, And I think until people can understand the impact, they can't make those informed choices. And our belief and the surveying certainly bears this out is that people do want that information and they do want to play their part but they don't want to not travel. So Mm. we feel this is a good step forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there are some things that you haven't included in the carbon rating scale, aren't there?
0: There's a couple of things. We haven't included the, the, the flight from whatever, you know, whether it's from the UK to Costa Rica, um mm-hmm. we don't um we don't manage the airline component though we do offset and we've 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 been carbon neutral in terms of offsetting and rewilding and other projects for a long time now. Wow. Um we don't include things like polar trips um because we haven't been able to assess those but we will over time. But apart from that where possible we've included every element of the trip that we can to come up with what we we think is a pretty accurate measurement. But of course the aim is to bring that measurement down so over time we'll get better and better at uh, assessing the data and bringing those trip scores down.
1: Yeah, and this is something you're sharing with your competitors as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the whole idea here is it's great that we've taken the lead on it, but it's not about there's we don't there's no joy in being the leading travel operator in an industry that's uh, emitting so much carbon that ultimately it's going to make people not travel. We're happy to share all of our IP on this. We're being incredibly transparent. We hope all operators adopt similar kind of scoring methodology over time Um, because collectively if we all do that and we all uh, commit to mitigating and having climate action plans, that has to be better for travellers and it's certainly better for the the countries and the planet in which we travel in.
1: And heartening to hear that of the people that you spoke to this research backs up that this is something travelers want, right?
0: Absolutely. We we surveyed our customers and over 70% said that they would value seeing that score, that impact on the planet. Uh, And similarly, that younger generation are very keen to understand their impact, potentially prepared to pay a bit more for travel if they know it's having a more positive impact, A, on emissions and B, on the communities in which they travel. And that's hugely heartening for us because um, there is some risk associated with doing this. You know, people may not travel if they see the carbon footprint of a particular trip is higher, but we feel the transparency and openness far outweighs some of those risks.
1: Yeah, it's about having that knowledge really, isn't it? And a- absolutely. Like you say, yeah. There's definitely some younger, I believe it was, travellers who were most um, keen keen to know about this data, right?
0: Yeah. If you look at that that younger generation where climate the climate emergency that we're in is not news to them. They've grown up with it. It's the generation that is going to be most impacted and have most invested in improving things, and probably the the, the most desire to change things. So, if we can show that younger generation that we're actively mitigating trips, it does two things. One is it um, gives them some confidence that travel can be a force for good. Uh, and secondly it gives them those same opportunities that i had when i was in that generation a long time ago now to see the world because it's one of the best things you can do in terms of being open minded understanding the world and the uh, and the communities around you and it would it would be a shame to see that end mm.
1: yeah and travel is you know it's it's a luxury it's not a right it is a fabulous Absolutely. thing to do as we've discussed but price point is is a bit of an issue according to this research as well right
0: Yeah, look, currently everyone says, and I I don't think I'm saying anything new, everyone says they want to see things that improve the planet or mitigate the climate emergency. But when when it comes to paying for those changes, people are more reluctant and understandably so, particularly at the moment. For us, this was quite uh, an expensive exercise in terms of an investment, but one we feel that a, is absolutely necessary. And B, will probably benefit the business in the longer term. There's there's plenty of um, research just to suggest that if you try and do the right thing, ultimately, consumers will come to businesses that are trying to be transparent and authentic. Um, and But secondly, the, the research sorry, that 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 younger generation are prepared to pay a bit more. And you pay in two ways. You pay by traveling a bit smarter or you pay a bit more by paying a bit more for that luxury as you call it and it definitely is a luxury the luxury of traveling and I think that will become more prominent and over time particularly as um, this climate emergency isn't going away Um, the IPCC report that came out yesterday shows that the window to have positive impact is closing very quickly so it's not going away so we may as well all do what we can now to to mitigate and uh, and keep those emissions down
1: yeah and you've been a year at explore worldwide now so can you tell me why it was important for explore worldwide to join the tourism declares a climate emergency group
0: look i think you i think we have an absolute responsibility to our industry is uh, a significant emitter of carbon um and as i said we don't want people not to travel But we can't just keep doing things the way we were doing things and hope for other people to come up with a solution. So for us, we put our um, signature to that declaration because I think it's important collectively for the industry to take a stand. And by signing that, you're not not just signing a piece of paper, you are committing to actions um, and you're being held to count and being on measurable actions. one of our first things out of that was to commission this study into labelling our carbon. That's that's a direct output of signing up and and taking that responsibility for the tourism declares um, process. So, and hopefully all of those companies that have signed up are doing similar things and I I know they are and that that can only be a force for good.
1: Yeah, and we are the Age of Plastic podcast. So where did plastic factor in the carbon rating
0: scale? well the, as you would well know you're, you're you're far more informed than I am plastic is the production of uh, the volume of uh, the frequency of plastic is is a huge pro- problem we're taking huge steps to remove plastic from all of our trips of course you've got to work with your suppliers through the supply chain um that's not always easy but we we like to work with people and try and educate and inform and show that it can be a positive for your business if you're prepared to make what sometimes is seen as either radical or expensive or complex changes. But that's our—I think—that's our I I think that's our responsibility is to work with those suppliers. And we'll give some of them, you know, with this stuff. The globe has a deadline on this stuff, so we have a bit of a deadline on it too. So I think by bringing in the carbon measurement score, they can see the impact themselves and we can work with them on measurable targets to reduce, whereas before it was a bit more... um, Guest, guesstimating, a bit ad hoc, can you reduce your emissions? Great. What are you doing? Now we can hold ourselves and our suppliers to some kind of account and, and put in targets and, and targets is the way to do it. And um, I think coming out of COP26, the climate emergency seems so big. And so in a way, what do you do as an individual? You know, But I think little things like this, if collectively we all do small things, that can add up collectively to to big things. And I think this is a step on that journey.
1: Yeah, it can seem so overwhelming and intangible. But like you say, if you make those steps, then it has ripples and it affects everything that you do and everyone you come into contact with as well. I wanted to ask if there was any area of the world with all of your 500 trips... Um, where you they're already ahead of the curve with this.
0: Some of the Central American countries, like Costa Rica, are phenomenal in terms of their sustainability um, approach and credentials, and they, um, and rightly so. The the flora, fauna, their ecosystem is very fragile. It's beautiful, but it's very fragile, and um, will be one of the countries more impacted by um, you know climate change. So from governments to operators to... um, They're they're just on top of the game and they're doing things now that uh, are actively reducing emissions and making it a more sustainable place to travel Uh, and a good case study for the rest of the world, I think.
1: Yeah, in your face, Australia. Absolutely. Yeah, Um... they've
0: got some work to do. So...
1: (laughs) um we I wanted to ask two questions that we often ask to guests on the podcast because we are the age of plastic, but it is a useful material. yeah is there anything possibly in your love of travel um that you're thankful for plastic for
0: uh it, trays on planes you know if you've traveled on Ryanair, they don't have a tray right It's really inconvenient, so. Trays on planes would be my number one good use of plastic.
1: Yes. Here's hoping Ryanair listen to the podcast. I hope so, Possibly yeah. Possibly not. So. Possibly not. Also, I wondered if you have any kind of environmental heroes, maybe someone in this whole process of being in contact with all of these different suppliers, asking for all of this information that's been gone above and beyond for you.
0: Do you know what? I don't have a single person, but... On this journey to doing this and the sort of network of people that we connect with, particularly around sustainability, it's, as I said before, it's those smaller individual, either companies or people that believe that small steps collectively can make a big difference. So the company we worked with this, uh, uh, Charlie from eCollective, he's passionate about reducing carbon emissions and doing something about it, building a framework that companies can use, customers can understand. Those, you know, we work with all of the agencies we use, our digital agencies, they're, they're B Corps, they're involved in positive things around climate change. To me, it's those those smaller operators who perhaps aren't household names, but collectively, they're all working in networks to share their IP, um, share information and try and do better things to get better outcomes. That's that's what inspires me. And it's, it's why I'm an optimist. I think, about the future.
1: One last quick question then, off the top of your head, what is maybe the least carbon intensive holiday that people can take right now?
0: Walking from your your front door to the the nearest forest or beach, but failing that. Obviously, anything that doesn't use too much transport, so walking holidays or where you're using local transport and you're sitting with locals on a bus, obviously, the less long-haul flights you take, the better, though airlines will get better if only through pressure to, to find solutions to, to the carbon issue. But anything that is a light, light touch, you know, lots of small hotels now are very sustainable in their practices. The bigger hotel chains that we don't use will get better at this because it's a question of survival. Um, they won't survive if they don't adapt. But anything that's light touch, you know, go on public transport, stay in smaller hotels, um, just, just travel with a light touch.
1: Yeah, and hopefully soon solar power planes and then we'll, well then we'll be all right.
0: Hydrogen right. solar power they will they are a long way away but they will happen. So
1: Yeah, brilliant. Oh, Michael, thank you so much for chatting to me for the Age of Plastic podcast. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so me. much for having us. Travel with a light touch. I love that. You can find out more about explore worldwide and their carbon rating scale head to explore.co.uk, click on sustainability, and you can find out more about tourism declares as well at tourismdeclares.com. As always, those links in the show notes. Now, pre-pandemic, carbon emissions from aviation accounted for about 2.5% of global emissions. But here's a little bit of good news for the planet for you. There are people working on greener aviation fuel. Basically, lots of things like used cooking oil, some from plants, some from algae. And some more good news for the planet. We have had the world's first commercial hydrogen flight happened this time last year in 2021 you can read more on that in the show notes and my guilty consumer moment because i've not mentioned one in a while 2021 andrea no flights 2022 andrea hmm. i'm gonna be offsetting a lot i know that's not perfect either but hey let's not let perfection be the enemy of the good i'm just gonna have to hope and pray that Marrakesh and Lisbon actually want my tourism dollars on to our eco life hack We want the government to do more about plastic waste Be quite easy to do that if we had loads of data to say things are getting bad You need to pull your finger out. That is where Greenpeace and past podcast guests Dan Webb from everyday plastic come in. The big plastic count hopes to uncover the truth about how much household plastic waste we throw away collectively in the UK. How much is really being recycled? Individuals, families, schools, maybe your workplace if you have one, uh, your community group, your church, whatever. Everyone's being asked to get involved and count their plastic for one week. Easy, right? The 16th to the 22nd of May 2022. The big plastic count. Get involved Join up with me, Greenpeace, Everyday Plastics down Web, and tens of thousands of people already who are planning to count their plastic waste to hopefully put some pressure on the government to do something about it. You can find out, as I always say, more in the show notes. Hit that link, get signed up. I've taken part in a plastic count by Everyday Plastic before and let me tell you, it was eye-opening. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's me chatting to interesting people with just my laptop. If you have enjoyed it and you're listening at your podcast app right now, leave a little funny review. You know, actual type, type some words to me in it and I'll read them out on the next episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, wash your hands, wash your recycling, travel with a light touch. Look after yourself and I will speak to you next week on the of Plastic podcast.